0: it's time now for the professors and Ann. professor ann lee joins us professor jonathan bick and of course professor Ann cummings uh before we go around the horn and find out what the three of you would like to talk about any response to uh that conversation we just had
1: yeah i mean that's always that's a that's a big conundrum right because you know we the most good for the most people have been done with collective action. And that's been expressed in government. I don't think anybody can argue that, you know, the uh, the Roosevelt administration did a lot of good for normal people who couldn't have really on our own. I mean, if, if you're an anarchist, I do like anarchists though, but God, you know, it's it's like when you atomize us, um, you know, we really don't stand a chance against these big forces. And as you pointed out, or someone did, I mean, you're always going to get government. If you if you want to say uh, government out of my backyard, I don't want a government. I don't want any rules or regulations. Oh, you're going to get government. It's either going to be the gang down the street or it's going to be, or, you know, mm-hmm. some, some corporation wants your property. They're going to get it. You know, they're, they're going to take the. I mean, they'll they'll make the laws. Somebody's going to make laws. At least when you have a democratic republic, you have some chance that you will have an input into what rules your life. At least from the aspect of a collective of human beings. But that's professor. You know, the action uh, is great. I mean, that's Professor Marianne Cummings. Mm-hmm.
0: Professor Marianne Cummings is a particle physicist who is also Parks Commissioner Aurora Illinois let me ask Ann Lee and Professor Jonathan Bick about anarchism because it's gotten a, a bad rap because of the, the Palmer raids and Woodrow Wilson uh, my understanding as limited as it is Noam Chomsky is an anarcho-syndicalist that they that they believe wherever there's a concentration of power you kind of smash it apart, but it's not chaos. They're not speaking of chaos. They're just finding where is where is the power, where's the center of power, break it up into small little pieces well, of power. It, it,
2: it's more about scale and about self-governance. I think those are the two elements. And uh, libertarians often see that as an attractive thing. It's just that simply libertarians don't like giving up their shit oh I mean their wealth <laughs> <laughs>
0: shit. So, so what what is no? what what would Noam Chomsky if what what would he, as a syndical anarchist what would he he wouldn't be against government the idea of government wouldn't he be in favor of maybe functioning but limited government
2: Government is always a uh, government as we see it now, or it, I think more appropriately, it's the problem of what counts as the state. Um, actually, we're going to be talking about that at uh, in at this weekend in uh, weekly Marx. Uh, but it's not a Marxian conception necessarily. The the question is what is the role of what you think of the state as? It's quite possible to have a as as we've seen with the. Uh, uh, David Cobb, for example, he, he's more interested in a much more limited form of state that is localized. And I think that, that anarcho-syndicalism is, is, at least in the models and, and examples that we've been given, uh, is one that is about scale. You know, whenever you ever use Mondragon as, a, as an example, it's a relatively small uh, organization within a, a, you know, a much larger, more problematic nation. And, and it is going to be inevitably this kind of problem. And it's going to come up against other things, you know, whether it's st- other states, uh, militaries, uh, gangs. Uh, I mean, I, you know, we we have a lot of problems in the world. And and yes, I sort of agree that if we sort of broke up the state now, we'd have lots of little criminal Trumpist gangs running around right. uh, doing shit Um, uh but the the fact of the matter is i i don't think it's that that's the trade-off i think the what we what we need to commit to and and even in the the most ideal form or idealized form of uh, the american democracy the sort of idyllic pastoral kind of example that it i mean i think it could happen it's just that we have we have to solve some real serious ideological issues first and unfortunately we have people who who are incapable of reflection on those ideological uh, choices, and and I think that that's why, uh, you know, I think you you sort of need to have a state only as a, a transitional element. But I think ultimately, and and w- without falling into the sort of Star Trek idealism, you know, it is quite possible to collectivize the planet. I think it's quite possible to you know, eradicate poverty. I, I do think these things could happen in a global context. On the other hand, anytime I would say that I could be accused of be, being a quote unquote globalist. So, you know, it just mm-hmm. and, and we would spend all our time fighting those things out. I think, you know, you just sort of learn to to deal with these things and 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 cope with them in whatever way way you can. What I admire about about Edward was that he's very committed to a particular, you know, that a a position. But I think that that's also been reinforced by by a legal system that that forced him into that, essentially, his commitment to that. Um, You know, it's and unfortunately, the necessity, you know, uh, exceeds that. necessity has more bounds than those kinds of things. And, and, you know, we we make all of our little compromises. So that's just my point of view. Uh, Anarchy is not always chaos. Anarchy is about mutual respect. There are certain forms of anarchy that suggest that we could have a planet where everyone respected everyone else and didn't screw it up. But that's going to take Uh, a new sense of whatever your ideology is going to be because unfortunately we just have a lot of hucksters out there saying well this this ideology will guarantee global peace and harmony and give me your money (laughs) so and and if you've ever come in contact with cults they're you know, that's that's the deal. And with right. all, you know, with all due respect, to you know, we've all grown up with some kind of religious contact or training. It's it, there's this moment at which you begin to say, oh, no, I don't I don't have to go there every Sunday. I don't right. You know, my my whole world is much more integrated than that, and I don't let it bother me <laughs> or I try not to anyway. So anyway, that's me. John, Jonathan Thank probably you. have some much better. Yeah, Jonathan, me.
0: Professor Jonathan
3: hi um <clears throat> yeah well i thought it was an interesting uh, conversation and and is and i i do have to agree with uh, professor marianne that um it's not a question of uh government or no government it's a question of what type of government are you going to have are you going to have a private government uh, that is are you going to have warlords basically uh running society and exercising power Or is the power going to be distributed to the people at large Uh, I am in favor of the second option Uh, I am in favor of democracy and that people have a stake in society and that they have a voice in society and that that government is responsive to their needs and their desires Uh, that's not what we have today that's the problem So when we're talking about government, I can understand uh, Edwards from the last conversation saying, you know, do we really need a a stronger government forcing people to to serve or or whatever? Um, I can understand that because the government has not been serving the interests of the American people for a long time. In fact, I would argue that most of the most of its existence it has not certainly the majority of people um and you know we, everyone keeps going back to roosevelt well that was an extraordinary time we had a depression we had a world war we had uh, massive left social movements and parties pushing the democratic party to actually be democratic all of those things and and the 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 luck of having uh, Supreme Court justices either retire or die on the court in order for Roosevelt to get his policies through was another you know stroke of luck it it, it we achieved that despite the American form of government not because of it and that's what people have to understand <laughs> that the way that the government has been structured You know all the oh the founding fathers let me tell you something the founding (laughs) fathers the founding fathers were most of them were slave owners who hated democracy who didn't trust the people but understood that in order to have a functioning government you had to have the appearance of the people having power all those checks and balances that they talk about and and people just repeat that phrase of it's as if it's something oh that's so wonderful all those checks and balances were against the people exercising their power now I agree that we should have a constitution and we should have limits on what the government can do and what the majority can do but those limits should be constrained only to preserving basic rights of people not of creating rights for corporations not of you know uh, uh, favoring property over human beings but protecting free speech uh, you know the right uh, to a, uh, a fairly compensated job, the right to housing, the right to uh, assemble the right to petition the government all of these different things. Uh, that are in the bill of rights plus many more those should be protected from the will of the majority so if things get bad and people say well maybe we need a trump-like figure it's going to be hard for them to do that but as far as uh public policy that should be determined by the will of the majority and i don't think well, i don't want to get into the whole military draft thing but uh well
0: Professor Marianne you're a parks commissioner and a and an a particle physicist you're performing government services on a granular level when one thing has to get done when you get the left and the right in Aurora when they're asked to focus on one specific issue are they able to put away their ideological differences and say, "Okay, this tree goes here"?
1: Yes, you know
0: they are able to do that.
1: It, it, as a matter of fact, it happens all the time on the local level. Uh, the biggest blowback I'm getting for uh, refusing to apologize for how horrible the, you know, for stating out how horribly we came out of COVID with, you know, closing down the water park that serviced the poorer sections and keeping the other one open, that's a local thing. Most of the Democrats are kind of giving me crap for that. The Republicans are kind of like, you know, they, they don't want to get into a public bite. None of them do, really. But, you know, I'm there was a little bit too much of a clubby sort of, you know, uh, camaraderie that kind of regarded my constituents coming up in protest, I mean, uh, making statements in front of the board in protest of this, they, they kind of regarded them as nuisances. And that's, you know, that's when a representative is representative government comes in handy because there's somebody, and I have a certain degree of authority because I got elected to this position. I Mm -hmm. don't answer to anybody on the executive board. I don't answer to the city or the County or anybody else, just the people who elected me, but, um, yeah, locally, you know, I do think that uh, our problems that we, we we tend to like make national issues out of a lot of local type stuff. And you know, I I was just thinking of an article I read two years ago about by Matt Stoller, who wrote about um, how the New Deal was actually implemented, and why it was so popular it was that there were some overarching programs which were immensely popular like social security, but pretty much it wasn't a top-down structure. They gave money directly to communities. They sent out people to help communities build things, you know, from wells to theaters to schools, but the communities were all involved with how that money was spent. And how the money was spent was very different community to community. And, but he was emphasizing the local nature, how these programs got people locally on board. So these were not, uh, you know, commandments handed down from on high and people saw immediate help to their distress. And people kind of had the same sort of distress, not enough to eat, homeless, people without work. And uh, so the problem is you get all these people, out of Harvard or Ivy League degrees with master's degrees and, you know, whatever. And they try to think of, you know, a top-down strategy. And whereas a lot of the problems around here can get solved if we just had money, if we had some outsourced resources, but a lot of people know what need to be done here. So I think that, you know, I think a lot of people feel that the, there is way too much money and power in the government, in the federal government, and they are completely um, impervious to what the people really want in the local community, and they're largely right about that.
0: Well, let's go around and find out what everybody wants to talk about. Professor Ann Lee, who everybody can read over at the Daily Kos, Annie Lee, that is your handle over at the Daily Co's. What would you like to talk about?
2: Well, we have, uh, a, a, <laughs> there's so much to talk about. This has been a very, very busy week and we can certainly talk about, uh, uh, the continuing, uh, saga of the select committee, but, uh, I, I thought it more interesting to, to think about how, um, the gun discourse has become very strange. Um, and let me just pick a small example, uh, the the Congress of the House uh, passed a, uh, a a bill uh, that uh, uh, creates a Amber Alert type program for uh, active shooters, and I, you know, it seems like a a, a no brainer, as they say. That uh, who would be against that? Well, 169 or 168 Republicans were against it, and and one Democrat, but I think uh, a fellow uh, from uh, Wisconsin, actually. Uh, But the uh, uh, Ron kind, I think the uh, the issue is that, uh, you know, the question you want to ask is, why were there 168 Republicans who didn't want to do this? I I mean, that was the question that came up to me. I mean, it it's no different than the uh, the entire structure of the Amber Alert program, which we most of us have come in contact with, you know, if you own a a cell phone it you just blurts out that and, and tells you that something happened and while it doesn't really affect you usually uh it 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 does make you aware of yes well there are bad people or there strange things happen and you should you know be aware be more alert what what could be wrong with that well jim uh jim jordan uh he of the ohio state wrestling team at one <laughs> point uh Said this was uh, why he didn't want it there. It was a case of federal overreach, which is always ironic, considering how much federal overreaching is happening these these past weeks about abortion and other other matters. I just find it so odd. Although you know, overreaching is probably good if you're in a a shower
0: after a wrestling match. I <laughs> <that> is.
2: <laughs> is he going to get
0: arrested? is he ever going to is Jim Jordan ever going to get
2: yeah, I think there's stuff still happening with that. Uh, that's my understanding okay. that uh, if something could still happen, um, and I think with the George Clooney film that's coming out on on the Ohio State um, uh, wrestling scandal, um, that should be really exciting. I, I think. Oh, that will well, would
0: well, well, tell me more about that before we get back I, to <laughs> the
2: series. I don't know much about the project. Is it a? Um, an HBO project, I think, and or is it a Netflix project? I can't remember what it, but but the fact is, he's quite engaged in it, and I think it's. Uh, I think they were still talking about who they were casting. Uh, there are several people who actually re- physically re- actors who physically resemble, uh, Jim Jordan, which could make it very exciting as well. Wow,
0: good, good for I love George Clooney. So yeah, the Amber Alert, alert for an active shooter. I saw what Matt Gates said. Louis gohmert compared it to when he played high school football and got his nose smashed because he wasn't paying attention somehow he says these amber alerts for shooters are gonna get people's mind to wander (laughs) if but if i were the nra i would not want it because if there's an alert every time there's an active shooter People are going to really notice how many mass shootings there are. At so I, I can see what
2: consciousness is not good for everyone, you know, it's a problematic thing. In fact, in, in trying to write a thing on this, uh, and I guess I knew about it, but it's never I never see one or hear about one. And there's something called the blue alert, which which, uh, you know, we have enough colors that we could have lots of alerts but the blue alert it occurs um when a police officer is killed or lost or incapacitated and the the perpetrator is still at large and we never hear about those because uh with all due respect not a lot of police get killed relative to the total population all this
0: about about 200 a year
2: yes about exactly
0: And And most of it is car accidents.
2: Yes. This this whole thing about being safe and safe. uh, Uvalde has shown us that they're a little bit, you know, they may be too libertarian in the sense that they don't really care about saving kids. It's just we're at this really strange point. Anyway, that's uh, that's where I was on this. Um, And and I'm probably going to make a comparison to um, I'm in my usual tedious way going to tie it to um uh donald trump jr's investment in um uh silencers or suppressors for guns but anyway that's my little thing
0: i i want to invest in a silencer for donald trump jr Uh, (laughs) professor bick what would you like to talk about
3: so, David, as it happens, the uh, the story that I was uh, following uh, is relevant to the discussion we were having earlier. Uh, the New York Times published an article yesterday describing the results of a New York Times-Siena uh, College poll of Americans and their view of their government and in their political institutions. A majority of American voters across nearly all demographics demographics and ideologies believe their system of government does not work with 58% of those interviewed saying that the U.S. needs major reforms or a complete overhaul the polling shows the number of Americans in both parties who believe that their government is capable of responding to voters concerns has shrunk more than half of all voters surveyed 53% Said the American political system was too divided to solve the nation's problems, an increase from 40 percent in a Times-Siena poll from October of 2020. Uh, so that's um, you know less than two years ago, and that's a 13 percent increase in the in the number of people saying that the the system isn't working. Uh, the sentiment is now most acute among Black voters and the youngest voters nearly half 48 percent of those surveyed between the ages of 18 and 29 said voting did not make a difference in how their government operates um and it goes into you know the supreme court and how uh people are perceiving the supreme court as being supremely political um you know that uh nearly two-thirds of those polled said the justices rulings were based on their political views and not the Constitution a belief shared by 88% of Democrats but only 39% of Republicans so a majority of independents and Democrats say that the Supreme Court is guided by their political views not the Constitution uh, but um, only thirty nine percent of Republicans, so when you look at these numbers in this poll, uh, you can clearly see that Republicans are an outlier when compared to Democrats and independents that the you know the the numbers are just completely skewed um, and not only did they do the polling but they also interviewed. People who took part in the poll and kind of dug into uh, their uh, responses with them, you know, talked to them and got some qualitative uh, qualitative feedback as well. Rachel Bernhardt, a uh, 62-year-old legal assistant from Silver Springs, Maryland, said her family had been involved in progressive politics since her grandfather served as an economist in the Franklin Delano Roosevelt administration. Her parents participated in civil rights demonstrations in Washington, she recalled. Now, she said, she has become disillusioned with the difficulty of persuading the American government to respond to what people want. Conservatives expressed opposition to proposed gun control measures and gains in rights for transgender people, while liberals said that they could not believe the country's civil rights advances had moved so slowly and that the Supreme Court had ended the federal right to an abortion. And I think they also raise another interesting uh, phenomenon, and that is that the decrease in trust in the American political system has come during the time of vast retrenchment of local news outlets. A quarter of all newspapers, more than 2,500, have closed since 2005. Since 2005, we've lost a quarter of all newspapers. Cable news viewership has sharply fallen, and more Americans are getting their news from social media. The poll found that just 34% of voters were very or somewhat confident that major newspapers and television networks reported accurately and fairly about news and politics. Just seven percent of those polls said they got most of their news from a major national newspaper. Only one percent said they turned to a local newspaper. Among Republicans, twenty-nine percent said Fox News was their primary news source. What was that number in Fox News again? Twenty-nine percent of Republicans. I I imagine that's low, but uh, <laughs> you know, um, I I would imagine that that number is quite high, you know, a bit higher uh than than their reporting but uh 29 admitted that that was their primary news source wow um yeah so the thing that keeps coming out here over and over again if you read this article and if you look at the polling is that they americans are losing confidence that their government can reflect what they want you know what what their concerns are what their policy preferences are it it seems to be totally irrelevant to the functioning of government that they only use those things uh to put a veneer on what they're doing right they'll say oh we're gonna do this and then when they actually get into power they do something else because there is no accountability there is no democratic accountability in our system of government and if you have a system that intentionally distorts the will of the governed then you're going to have people losing confidence in that government to do what it's supposed to do which is to reflect what they want i mean that is the theory of representative democracy right Uh, and if you have a government that doesn't do that that consistent no matter who they vote for no matter you you give the democrats a huge majority look at look at the state of california you know we had governor newsom who says he he was he campaigned on a single-payer system for california he has super majorities in the state legislature and it didn't pass it wasn't allowed to pass what's going on you know you have uh joe biden promising at least ten thousand dollars worth of student loan relief he gets into power. He could do it. The stroke of a pen hasn't done it. What's going on? It's almost He's got seventy billion for Ukraine. <laughs> yeah, you know, it, it's almost like uh, the government's not responsive to the people. It's responsive to the donors, to the corporations that uh, apply, uh, uh, you know, economic power to overrule democratic power and until we fix that i think you're going to have a problem you know uh, you can say yes oh we need to get out there and vote for democrats and i agree with that okay but that's not going to solve the problem we have to understand what we want there are times in american history when change is possible we have to know what we want for when that time comes along and push like hell when that time does occur if we're confused about what we want if, if we don't understand that we need a, demo, a a democracy movement in this country then uh when that time comes the people who know what they want the fascists are going to get what they want
0: right mm-hmm right well said that's
3: kind of why I I I concentrate on these large you know issues these uh the, the sort of the vision uh visionary issues and and ideas of where we want to go and and I know it's not just around the corner but if you don't have that as a guiding light then you're going to get lost in the everyday electioneering and right. you know oh should the green party be allowed to do this or that you know are the democrats doing that or this ultimately what we want is for the government to reflect the will of the people while protecting uh basic human rights what is the will of the people though well the, will is, of the-
0: is, I mean excuse me for one second my issue is Medicare for all and that's I just think that inhabits all the solutions to all our problems I may be wrong but that's I stand by that I can fudge the numbers I can show you some push-pulls from Kaiser that shows most Americans want Medicare for all but it's got to be it's a push-pull that reveals that American people want Medicare for all it has to be expl- you know when you when it's explained how Medicare for all works people are for it right so the will of the people do a vast majority of Americans want Medicare for all I don't think they do I think they have i think when, i think when it's explained to them in a poll they go oh i i'd be for that but i don't think there's this burning inside to to get rid of private health care
3: would you agree with that well there is a burning inside for getting health care that doesn't bankrupt you
1: how many people Permission. love dealing is- with their insurance companies when they're sick no Why?
0: right nobody but and yet and yet met unless I'm reading the wrong polls you have to be a little persuasive to get people to say they're in favor of Medicare for all well remember is that this true is... is that true what I just said that you, that 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 people's uh need people don't have a pro a knee-jerk reaction to medicare for all where they say yes
3: is that correct it's not a well, knee-jerk you you have to be remember that they've been subjected to decades of corporate and uh pro-corporate government propaganda i, I agree i'm not them. arguing but the will of the people but but that's you why know, i mentioned journalism. the news yeah. yeah
0: it's all coming from fox news at the top of at the top of the show i pointed out that if you look at a lot of uh decisions that move the needle forward progressively it came out of the court same-sex marriage abortion uh interracial marriage contraception gay sex all came out of the court we didn't vote on these things We, we you know it was the the warren court that go ahead I I, and and Johnson the civil rights acts yes but uh if we put it to a vote the will of the people we may not get uh abortion or same-sex marriage if it was just left to the people professor Marianne
1: I think uh, abortion versus same-sex marriage is a good study in comparison I think you remember how Um, I I recalled my in in college the argument or discussion I had with a feminist lawyer who thought that Roe v. Wade was the worst thing to happen to the women's movement, that there was a lot of momentum building up in the women's movement because they were going state by state by state. You know, abortion was legal in five states and getting legal in two of them. And there were many states where there was big push through their state legislatures. Roby Wade kind of short-circuited that in a in a top-down way that's still you know giving the right fuel to this day. Whereas uh, same-sex marriage did go through a majority of states; it was voted on through people's state legislatures. Where so the Roberts, very conservative court, had you know was faced with a equal protection type of issue, and they voted right. So I think there's I I. I I can't say that every situation is the same, but when you really talk to people without partisan kind of chicanery, for instance, the vast majority of Democrats wanted the Democrats to do something after Roe v. Wade was overturned. Okay. I mean, this is your time to act. What did they get? They got a fundraising text from Nancy Pelosi or everybody else. The Democrats bragged about how they raised eight, $80 million. But we didn't, we, we wanted you to do something. <laughs> right. So it's, and I'm afraid that a lot of these a lot of these issues have become so polarized because the both parties have made it their business to fundraise and make it very polarized i was out in in, in rural michigan over the 4th of july i mean that's surrounded by guns my my uh, brother-in-law grew up with guns i asked him i asked him at the campfire i said hey did you guys feel particularly oppressed when we had an assault weapons ban for like what was it 12 years no Nobody, nobody even noticed because, you know, these are people who are hunters These are people who are shooters. I mean, they, they go into the gun ranges and stuff, but, but we kind of whipped up people to the extent that no one can have a civil conversation with each other. I mean, it's mm-hmm. like, I don't have to agree with everybody on every point to find their position interesting on a couple of points where they may have information that I hadn't considered. So, and of course it's perfect for the owners of this of this country we're going to be arguing with each other over abortion and guns forever and both and we're all getting poorer
0: right Um, right exactly
3: could I just Uh, thank uh, you go ahead real real quick uh I have to point out that the Warren court was an aberration you know uh, the Supreme Court for almost all of its existence has been a conservative institution there are basically two times, which amounted to uh, a few decades where the court was reformist and liberal. Uh, so, you know, to hope for progressive policies coming out of this, the court, I, I don't think that's a good strategy. But um, I
1: never liked that, Jim.
3: And, and yeah, and it isn't democratic. I,
1: I, I actually want a court to be small-c conservative. I really do. I would rather these things get done democratically because i think it's longer lasting there's less resentment there's less you know fuel for partisan you know uh for for partisan wars that don't really ultimately benefit us
0: well let me ask you something because professor marianne said something really interesting that i had forgotten that in the lead up to oberfeld uh the same which legalized same-sex marriage a lot of individual states had begun to legalize same-sex marriage it is conceivable that the Supreme Court could have made it the law of the land that same-sex marriage is a- against the law right that is conceivable but they didn't and they didn't leave it up to the states anymore it, it's uh, I believe Oberfeld doesn't say each individual state gets to decide whether or not they recognize same-sex marriages, right? It's got to be all 50 states.
1: And I believe the majority opinion, I don't. I can't remember if it was written by John Roberts, but they specifically mentioned equal protection that we are one country and you can't have be a country where, you know. I think it was Kennedy. Right. Yeah, okay, that probably, that might've been it. But we where people have rights in, in some of the states and they, then they suddenly don't have rights in other states and that's very divisive. So, but they're
0: willing to see that with abortion the court is well, okay with
1: you know i think uh, you know to give this woman i i discussed this with many years ago credit that if if they had allowed if, if roe v wade came a few years later when the majority of states with uh people going through their state legislatures specifically women getting involved in the political process many for the first time uh she said you wouldn't have had the knee-jerk reaction from the right because already most of these states were legalizing abortion. Um, but she said that it became kind of a, a, one of these lightning lightning rod issues because it was it felt like this was the government overreaching and the, the kind of things that the left is complaining about, about how the court is legislating from the bench. Well, you know, that's what the conservatives said. That's what the right said when I was growing up you know
0: right that's so let me ask true. Professor Anley a question true. if if the Democrat the, it's the answer is true okay good uh if the Democrats had a filibuster proof majority in the Senate and we proposed a bill that would codify Roe v Wade would it get passed not should it get passed is abortion how do you read the polls is abortion are are americans so pro-abortion that if the democrats had what obama almost had in 2009 which is a filibuster proof senate close uh could they have codified roe v Wade? what what was the was the popular will there well but
2: then perhaps but uh you know as we saw it it uh by the by the time the midterms rolled around that sort of momentum got lost and then there were always other side issues right i think that was the same time where al franken was uh his senate seat was being contested and that oh, that sort of yeah. screwed
0: up the and, the and then ted kennedy died so yeah. obama never really had a filibuster close to a filib- but let's say right now through some miracle of democracy, the Democrats have a filibuster-proof Senate. Uh, no,
2: I, I I think so because the because just the fact that the court decided to to go all crazy essentially uh, with that an, an incredibly irrational argument. I think even if you don't you know burrow down into the details uh, for Dobbs, uh, it it. Uh, just the fact that you have some real absurdity now being, being created the, like the 10 year old, a pregnant 10 year old getting a, an abortion in Indiana, having been. Um, and, and of course it, it's going to fly all over the place because the rapist, the 27 year old rapist is an undocumented uh, uh, person. So, you know, it's, I mean, people are not going to put up with more of that because it's more like this now. I mean, there's just too much chaos. I think. I think the okay. fact is that 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 the inertia of Roe is is people are going to be nostalgic about Roe.
0: <laughs> okay, let me ask you about Lawrence v. Texas, which was passed in nine in two thousand three, which legalized gay sex. That was. Uh, well they can
2: pull I think they're going to pull the same thing and and but but, the whole issue of privacy is going to get screwed for another could that be passed
0: 2003 gay sex legalized finally in America 2004 George Bush gets reelected running the most homophobic presidential campaign uh in american history you know it was all about the defense of marriage act and banning same-sex marriage do you think the will of the people if the democrats had a filibuster proof senate and a democratic president that bill clinton could have passed a, a law that gave uh people the same freedoms that the Supreme Court gave them in Lawrence v Texas I don't think they could I don't think uh, by 2003 Hillary Obama they they were not for same-sex marriage uh I don't think the 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 will of the American people was there to Uh, to legalize same sex marriage or same sex
2: (laughs) (laughs) it uh you know, I I think that the problem is a lot more moving parts. I mean, the issue of having a a, a truly democratically controlled uh, legislature is, you know, another condition of that. And then you also have a kind of neoliberal president in, in the case of Bill Clinton, who, you know, is trying to do all kinds of interesting things, but also created an incredible set of problems and, and of course, screwed up his own second term uh, for other reasons. And it, it just seemed that it It uh, flew out of control and Obama had exactly this pretty much the same problem because essentially he was forced because of uh, uh, the challenge from Hillary, you know, to include her in government and and allow a lot of centrists essentially to take over where I think uh, if Obama had had not had uh, the kind of pressure from uh, the kind of centrist uh, uh, Democrats, I think we would have been a much different place with a with a much more solidly progressive um, a cabinet, for example, in, in the Obama administration. But as I say, there's a lot to, lots of moving parts. Uh, you know, the, the it's nice to work through counterfactuals. I think the real problem will be where we are now, where we're going to see rollbacks of of at least some attacks on privacy. And it's going to last for generations, I think can i, Go can I just
3: say real quickly that the, the the problem you identified david was i don't think the problem uh with the majority opinion in the country it was with uh that majority opinion not being able to be expressed because of the need for a filler proof senate uh the filibuster is a crime against democracy as is the senate but um well, do you think
0: most Americans are in favor of abortion? I guess they are. I, I think
3: that abortion um, ultimately is you know should be decided by the majority of people as to whether or not it's a right. Um, I I don't know how you get around that and call yourself um, a democracy necessarily. Uh, if you know as as Professor Marianne was saying in order to have legitimacy a policy must be supported by most people and if you have it coming down from on high from the Supreme Court there is going to be a reaction uh against it most likely as we had with abortion I mean there 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 wasn't an anti-abortion movement before Roe versus Wade to speak of in this country. That
1: is that is true. That's a good point, Professor john
3: Yeah. We have to
0: wrap it up. Great conversation. But, Go ahead, Professor Lee, you want to,
1: you, I just want to m- mention two. Just just two positive things, you know, um yep. in an era where people are getting uh getting deplatformed and censored and we can't see Scott Ritter speak anywhere. Uh, Amy Goodman had Joe Luria on her program for a very from consortium uh, from consortium news yes and uh, basically gave the counter narrative to pretty much you know the whole uh, Ukraine situation I was very happy to see that the other thing is that by
0: the way we by the way Ukraine not going well for Zelensky
1: uh it's weird how just about everything Scott Ritter was predicting in March is unfolding the way he said it would be. Well, he actually knows Russia. He knows war. He knows he he, he knows weaponry. He understands how to conduct a war, and that's why you know people don't get they, they they don't get censored for lying. Nobody gets censored for lying in this country. They get censored for telling the truth that you know the powerful don't want them to tell. we know that and a whole host of other things but the other thing is is that man um just as things are looking so bleak thank God the web telescope whatever issues they had with the power it that got resolved and the images are spectacular
0: we should do a you should come on Monday and you should explain those pictures to us I would
1: be very happy to I'm actually pushing to teach the astrobiology course over at Northern Illinois in the in the winter that's politically fraught but why
0: don't uh, we do that Monday send uh me the photos Uh and I'll load them into the machine if you're listening if you're listening to this show as a podcast please stop by our YouTube channel for Monday next Monday show and particle physicists professor Marianne Cummings will explain what uh, what we're looking at sometimes you have to be told why to be in awe of something
1: why can't we do like a thousand of these things
0: All you that get, whatever you got got
1: spent in Ukraine we just you know like like yeah. do this and give people a little bit of perspective
0: yeah I mean that that telescope was only 10 billion dollars right
1: yeah I think so I I don't really know the cost but that would sound about right because 25 years ago when they were proposing something like that that didn't have even this level of technology it was like a billion a one or two billion and it's and this just would have blown that technology away we we have to
0: wrap it let me ask you you had one more thing but before you go to the next thing I don't want to keep our next guest waiting we're we're off schedule today uh, but I can play the sympathy card. I, I, I think I have another week of the sympathy card.
1: All <laughs> oh, milk it's all it's worth.
0: <laughs> yeah, and I get what. Do you, what could be in five years the thing that will blow us away from these photographs? What could we find in five years?
1: Um, well, I'll explain why all of the instrumentation is in the mid and near infrared because that's how you can, that's where you can find the planets in that spectrum. If there are, if there is planets that might have life, there is a definite signature in the infrared region. And instead of like it being only one millionth of the local star, it's maybe less than one thousandth. So we can actually discern it. And uh, that will be, It'll either be like, hey, there's billions and billions of worlds out there, or it might be, holy fuck, we are the only ones out here. Yes, it could. Yes. We will definitely have a life signature if, if there is life on these planets.
0: I just got the chill. I just got really scared. I got scared that we're the only ones out there. Oh, but Star isolated. Trek has
1: has handled this situation. I think it was one in the mo- one of the movies did, but, you know, there there's isn't a single philosophical situation that I've encountered in the last several decades that a Star Trek okay. episode has not addressed.
2: It's going to be like Mars attacks. That's it.
1: Anyway,
0: All uh, right. that's we do have to wrap it
2: up.
1: Issue,
0: but... <laughs> uh, okay, we have to wrap it up. Uh Johnny, thank you, Professor Marion. We're a half hour. Thank you, Professor Ann Lee. Read her over at the Daily Co's, Annie Lee. Thank you, Professor Marianne Cummings. Follow her on Twitter at Razor Girl. Thank you, Professor Jonathan Bick. We'll see you tomorrow for The Twilight Zone and Star Trek.
3: Correct. Yes. The Star Trek on Saturday, too, and Great. Twilight Zone at 11 p.m. Eastern. Great. Thank
0: you, sir uh let's go uh, Alan Minsky joins us executive director of the progressive Democrats of America but he loves food I love food what Joe in Norway oh that's beautiful what do you got there what what is that I've never seen anything like that and this is called jalebi. it's a, a fried batter it's basically like a funnel cake dipped in uh, sugar syrup
3: Wow. It's originally from Persia, but it's all throughout the Middle East, South Asia, It's popular street food all over the world. So I I, I had the, the holdover from my um, sourdough that I used mm-hmm. instead of throwing it away, I used it to make the batter and it's uh, flavored with uh, saffron, rose
1: water and citron and then you can, I don't know if you can see the saffron
3: threads yeah it's so beautiful seeds.
1: and brown pistachios
0: or a little
3: color, more color fantastic crisp crispy and sweet
0: fantastic uh I think uh, we kept Professor Kay waiting uh I apologize for that uh Alan Minsky executive director of progressive Democrats of America we have Dave in PA now with a cat and we Hi also David. Hi, Alan. W- w- what are you going to be making for us
3: uh well there's Chad notice Chad's back from the clink um he's back on the work release
0: and his hands are and back. Uh,
3: he made he had to make this for himself in the clink, <laughs> but it's a, it happens it turns out it's a really good chisel so I'm going to go back to this uh, sunflower he did get more ink since we last saw him. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and what does the MF stand for? Mother F- Feldman. Mother Feldman, and he, yes. And he's okay. heartbroken. Ah, oh, thank you, thank you, thank you, Chad. Chad, uh, Chad's had a rough life, but he haven't we okay. all? So, so <laughs> welcome, uh, Chad, and I want to welcome you to the ranks of motherless children. Thank you. And you're going to be working on the what? Are, what are you making? This sunflower, just just okay. my carving practice on this sunflower. Okay, we'll be watching you. Thank you, Dave and PA. Thanks, Dave. Thank you, Alan Minsky. Sorry to keep you waiting.
4: Uh, no problem. I said I'm actually unbelievably terrible at the moment. But uh, how are you? Um, Why
0: are you terrible?
4: <laughs> um, I mean, I don't mean to be overly dramatic, but about <laughs> it's sort of strange that I'm still here, right? But about 50 minutes ago, I got a call from my partner who is uh, traveling with my daughter. And my daughter has a positive COVID test. And okay. A little freaked out about it.
0: Okay. But can, can I can I yes. talk you down? down? Not to trivialize. No, no. I know. I know. Not to trivialize. Oh, yeah. uh, yeah, let's try, uh, it's tough
4: especially because she's in she's in port Townsend, in Washington and uh so I can't be with her and I suppose the protocol is not to join your positive COVID positive relative when they're
0: separated okay. right but but I mean that was a scary preamble mm-hmm. you, you you start when you say my da- daughter has and then you know COVID that's bad but it could have been mm-hmm. sure, it, sure. It, it, she, she tested positive but she doesn't have COVID. I mean, she no, doesn't.
4: She's uh, she apparently has symptoms. I just spoke to um, um, uh, Sheila, and she told me that uh, yeah, she's has what's like a bad cold right now. Oh, so, that's... so she must have it if she's testing positive for it. Right, right. I'm sorry to hear that. Yeah, it's a bummer. Sorry. I mean, I, I'm supposed to call back at uh, in about 35 minutes but um you know thought I'd stay on maybe I'll have some uh, in the state of mind I'll have something particularly illuminating to say about American politics in the world I'm not sure so
0: so. I've been I've been away for uh two weeks Hmm. what have I missed in terms of good news for the progressive Democrats of America tell me good news okay um,
4: I, I actually I'm not with Sheila and Amelia and wasn't. I just am returning from a seven-day vacation myself, the final days of which I stayed offline. Of course, I'm back. was following it before, which extends. So the first 10 days of those two weeks, I was following things. Good news for PDA? Oh, boy. I don't know. I don't know. I was just on a call with the state Democratic uh, Progressive Caucus groups, and the subject came up about who would people want to see run for president if Biden um, uh, doesn't run. And assuming Bernie's too old to run. And a lot of people, you know, obviously PDA has been testing the waters on Bernie. And uh, a lot of people, even some very core supporters, think there's now such um, resentment of how old American political leadership has become. That that sort of messaging is, is spilling over to the way people are responding to a possible third run by Bernie, which I think is unfortunate because he's unique in in American politics. Um, by the way, the book by this guy, Gary Gerstel, have you seen this? The Rise and Fall of the Neoliberal Order. He's an American who's a historian at Cambridge University. And uh, he does a great job of, of putting Bernie and situating him in recent history and, and very much clearly puts forward that he feels he's as important and transformative a figure as Trump uh, in terms of the breaking up, of the, hopefully the breaking up of the neoliberal order. And, and quite frankly, I would think I can't think of a, a person who is on the political stage already who can replace Bernie as a presidential candidate. So that's not an upbeat thing. But um, right. I certainly would join Root's action personally. PDA is not going to officially take this position yet. And I just applaud that group. They're allies of PDAs led by people like Norman Solomon and Jeff Cohen. And they just put out a um, hashtag don't run Joe <laughs> hashtag that Biden not run. And um, of course, we support that position because we want to see a progressive run for president. We, I think, you know, we just got to. What you guys were just talking about, in terms of the wishes of the people never being fulfilled by our political system, there was an important study done in 2014 by two political scientists about this, and uh, pretty much the changes in American politics conform can with what rich people want,
0: is what it shows. Right. Um, and um, that's an important study. We're an oligarchy, they concluded. If you look at every bill that has been passed, it no bill gets passed unless it's approved by the richest 1%. Well, it was done in
4: 2014. And, um, and the thing, the only reason to have any hope uh, for the American political system as it's currently structured is, is the Bernie Sanders campaigns from the last two times and the progressives who won in certain races in the wake of the first campaign and going forward to the present. And, um, you know, the, the, to get the message across, especially inside the Democratic Party, where the progressive platform, you know, broadly understood is supported by about 75% of registered Democrats but the controlling faction is the 25%, which is the money percent. And it's very, and then then that's all compounded by how impossible or very difficult to just compete um, in the American, in American electoral politics without gobs of money, right? As we see. So, no, I don't know. Good
0: for PDA? There must have been something. I don't know. Um, there is talk that maybe Pelosi won't lose the House, that nationwide a poll shows uh, the congressional uh the congressional poll shows that the re- republicans are behind one percent But that's a national poll
4: but with the gerrymandering because, in the last yeah. 2010 to 20 through 2018 sorry through yeah sorry 2012 through uh 2020 races the democrats had to win nationally by about two percentage points to to win the house so i had to go above that so that's not quite there yet i mean yeah the the hope for the democrats as always lies entirely with the absolutely terrifying (laughs) reality of the of the republicans and that's the thing that can carry the democrats to a majority
0: harvey k isn't here but he says i think we kept him waiting too long but he famously said if you're not talking about labor well you're talking about nothing that it all gets down to labor and sometimes my mind wanders but when you really get down to the the pragmatism of it all the Republicans can play a long game because they're management they know exactly what they want they have a steady compass it's how does management accrue as much power money and influence what do you have to do and say to get as much money and power and influence for corporate America that's why the Republicans always win they'll play the race card they'll play the LGBTQ card but in the end it's about money so the only solution is a party that reflects the working people because working people show up they're working people and working people want the same thing that management wants and that is money so it really politics should just if we're going to win we have to want the same exact thing the other side wants and that is money you know and that's labor
4: there, there's no doubt that I think that if you look at the the long historic arc of the ascendancy of the left. From, I mean, arguably the French Revolution, or even going back to the British Revolution in the mid 17th century, really from the French Revolution forward, through to um, the 1960s, um, the appeal of the left was anchored in the idea that you vote for us, and your economic prosperity will improve. Right. So it was a it was a game. Uh, and uh, somehow, of course, that's completely lost on... No, not somehow. It's it's sort of understandable that when you have a neoliberal turn in the center-left parties, they're no longer going to be making that argument, no longer going to be holding out that as what they're going to achieve for people. I think in places where you have, you know, basically a better-educated general public, first of all, in Western Europe, you've had a harder time dismantling the social welfare state, and even Blair and Brown, they sold people on their third way that they would generate so much wealth tax revenues would go up and expand have even more social spending than before and they were able to achieve that until uh in the first you know say few years of blair brownism and then of course first time you hit an economic recession that wasn't the case
0: you know i saw jimmy Dore being interviewed by russell brand lane who's part of our community sent me the tape i saw saw, saw a
4: clip of it not the whole thing
0: yeah and Jimmy said something very simplistic beautiful and elegant he said these purity tests that we have on the left are self-defeating that if he says when you organize uh as as part of labor you don't say what are you a boogaloo boy if you're a boogaloo boy you're, you're not on our side libertarian not on our side uh you're pro cop not on our side it's class so even if somebody hates Jews hates blacks Muslims hates gays come on in you're on my side you're part of the the labor the working class he's right that you have to make common cause with your enemy you know to defeat it's a cliche to defeat Hitler we worked with Stalin uh it really does get down to labor and the working class
4: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, yeah, I think I think those are of course um you know efforts to unionize or efforts to win you're trying to win that vote you're trying to win that struggle um and uh, you're trying to win for something very specific and something very clear and I think one of as Harvey and I are like a broken record maybe even myself more than Harvey on this point
0: the economic like, Bill the,
4: of Rights as long as you, you move away from economics economics would be the unifying force especially in the country with this level of economic precarity and a maldistribution of wealth and everything uh, but of course you know getting that through the Democratic Party will be
0: difficult because
4: so many of the people who control the party are connected to corporate interests big money interests etc
0: how dangerous so. if I were a candidate taking Jimmy Dore's advice and I ran for office and I said come with me if you're a boogaloo boy if you're a racist if you're for the war in ukraine or against the war in ukraine come with me i will focus exclusively on the rights of labor i will see to it that you get higher pay job security that you can pay for vacations and you'll have health care i don't i don't care if you hate jews or blacks or gays I don't care that's not why I'm running for office I'm running for office for one thing to take money from the one percent and redistribute it is that a winning
4: I, I don't know that's a that's a hypothetical that would be um um I can only imagine that the 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 fire and brimstone that would be brought against you you know on uh, from a in number of uh different places on the internet and in the media would be so fierce it would probably
0: hurt your campaign really but you wouldn't get voters responding where you said I'm 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 not running for office to uh worry about abortion gay marriage uh anti-semitism I'm running for one thing the working folk to make sure that working people in America and poor people have food, health care, free tuition at all public universities. I'm just not going to address social issues. That's not why I'm running.
4: That's you phrase that a different, slightly differently than you did before.
0: Yeah, I'm working uh, on it.
4: <laughs> I think the way to do that most successfully, if that's going to be the focus of your, of your efforts as an elected official, is to. And Jimmy Dore is going to be
0: unless, my press Yeah, by unless, the way. unless
4: you want to steer clear of that, you want to say on all other issues, I will have no comments, you know, because these things do come up. So it's hard to have. Um, I, I think it would be very difficult to win a Democratic primary with that messaging. And um, I would say this I think economic policies are a very much a strong winning hand. I mean, the polling right now that I've seen over the past day, even, obviously, I saw some post row polling. Dobbs, as it were, post Dobbs decision, and uh, yeah, um, you know clearly that issue has has gone up, way up in terms of people's top line issues. But um, inflation plus the economy, um, housing costs too, they're they're still way ahead of everything else. Um, so uh, you know, generally, what we I, I do believe at PDA is if you lead on economic matters, you can draw more people in, and then you just you would i think you'll still get grief because of the political era we're living in is if you lead on economic matters there's going to be a segment of the democratic party that are going to be like well what are your and bernie was hit with this what are your positions
0: on these other sort of hot button issues and uh, well, there I think- and i would say i would say as a candidate my my uh, positions are irrelevant because that's not going to be my priority bill de blasio Got elected mayor of New York City by running on one thing U- universal preschool in, Man- in, in New York City. One thing he wanted. And Cuomo, that piece of shit, tried to stop him from getting it because he didn't want de Blasio to get more power. But de Blasio gave New York City universal preschool. Being a single issue candidate, in terms of your legacy, i think people might respond to that i, I think if ronald Reagan i don't, I don't get, think that
4: i don't think the back pages of his little campaign uh, leaflet which i suppose people don't have those anymore but you know uh, somewhere it said <laughs> we don't care shit about you know the the kkk marches through your neighborhood or whatever you know or you know uh, or whatever is socialism there might be it wasn't a part of what he was about he might have led with that but he didn't dismiss everything
0: else you vote for me we will raise the minimum wage the pro act will be passed it will be easier to unionize most i will double union membership in a year i will elect a labor secretary who will find the hell out of amazon i will go after management um, and the, the rest will follow but not right now I vote. think Americans would vote, vote for your party. Po- it's the economy, stupid. No, I, right. I, I, don't, I don't disagree with that. And I think,
4: I think the thing, though, is, see, I definitely have a response to the people in the Democratic Party who would be turned off by a campaign that doesn't foreground human rights and civil rights issues, right? And I think one of the things that could be said, whether it would be said publicly or just privately to such groups, is that, look, you're not going to get those things achieved because they don't, those are not, uh, right now, majority Electoral issues, I mean, Roe is, but many of the issues that, that you have around, uh, uh, you know, especially, you know, if, it, if it's pushing radical framings like defund the police, and let's say you want to have more social services and police departments, or rather in, in the city public safety programs, broadly understood, than just a highly militarized police force. The way you get that is by electing me, because I'm going to get elected because I can win on economics, I'm gonna lose if I say defund the police, I'm gonna lose if I even go into the issue around policing because of the right-wing propaganda machine that has spun this up. And I completely support that, You know, more funding for uh, you know, um, mental health services, social services and that funding leaving the police department. I think all of PDA does for instance, and almost all the progressive candidates we support do. right. But uh, the way to get them elected and to achieve that is to lead on
0: economics right now. Right, right. Inflation. A, inflation. Inflation. Yes. inflation. How inflation. bad is it? Thirty percent. Thirty of inflation is what we pay in rent, right? That's how they measure it. According to the uh, Consumer Price Index, housing costs.
4: Right, and they've been going Man, I got to buy a new car. Um, um, and uh, not the not the right time to buy a new car, David. <laughs> It's brutal the car uh, Why? market Why? right now. Oh, I think there's there's a long wait for new cars, and uh, used cars are just incredibly expensive right now. They're like it looks almost like double from what they were previously. Really? And, uh, yeah, I think it's because of the supply chain issues around getting new cars. There's long waits for new cars, and um, I don't know. I'll have to I'll have to navigate that one and see what happens.
0: But um, um, what are the the it's earnings season? So are we gonna? find out how much of this inflation is artificial
4: i don't know um someone's gonna have to do some good journalism on that just sort of compile the information i mean i think the democratic party should be leading very very aggressively with a few economic messages around inflation that they're not leading with um even though i think the house passed one of the the um uh, windfall profits tax bills right and uh, the one just focused, I think, on the oil companies, and that'll die in the Senate, so it won't go anywhere. You'll know, just get more frustration with the Democratic Party's inability to do anything. Um, but uh, Joe Biden can do something about that perception by going out and demanding that we have a windfall profits tax, but I don't think we're going to see that from Joe. And uh, but that's the best political response to the inflation crisis. And then if they want to get more serious about it, they can talk about domestic manufacturing, industrial policy, supply chains, et cetera, and also energy production. Um, right. And um,
0: yeah, all Germany, all pro union too. Right, Germany. Half of Germany's electricity now is renewable. Oh,
4: wow. well, Germany is of course uh, a right-wing talking point because of uh, their vulnerability with the shutting off of the pipeline by Russia, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, there's there's no way around it, and it's also very beneficial on so many fronts to start developing renewable energy capacity. So that's my.
0: Opinion. He loses the. He loses the house. If Pelosi loses the house.
4: I mean, the Republicans are terrible. Yeah, I mean, there definitely are seats out there that are pretty shocking. Um, Rhode Island's second. Uh, there's a candidate we support, so I know this race well. Um, David Siegel, fantastic candidate. You should get him on the show, Dave. Um, get him, He, he runs something called. Uh, oh boy, I'm gonna forget it now. Uh, demand progress you know aaron schwartz the the martyr of um you know um uh, internet freedom um, he had, he, he, he
0: committed, yeah yeah
4: yeah uh, aaron and david started that organization demand progress so he was aaron's partner david has been in the rhode island state legislature so in the seat where langevin has stepped down in the polls right now in fucking rhode island right the republican is six points ahead of the top Democrat. And you look at the reasons why, and it's, very, it's a, it was a very trustworthy poll, it's Boston Globe, Suffolk University, about 10 days ago. So I don't know how much it has Dobbs in it. Uh, though of course the public knew that was coming, but the people didn't account for it yet. Um, and it was all about the economy. And uh, the, the people just uh, don't approve of Biden's handling of the economy his inability to do anything to protect them from the economy. So um, that's, that's bad. If you have Rhode Island where that's happening, that side that's that suggests it's going to be much worse than
0: uh,
4: you know we're anticipating.
0: I do think that and then Jeremy, they, and then they come after Biden. Then they he's going to just nonstop impeachment.
4: Who knows what they do? You know, they, there might be a mechanism within the party to be less suicidal than that. Um, the Republican that do, Party. Yeah, I mean, who knows? I mean, you know, ninety-eight in the midterms. Remember, the Democrats did surprisingly well because they were going after clinton nonstop around lewinsky and the public was just like enough with this stuff you know they, but they didn't get the time. house back no they didn't but they came close in the gain seats and uh yeah, gingrich, gingrich was gone after that and um so but it's different
0: it's different now it's a different republican I, I part i don't
4: think the public will respond well to just trying to impeach him what on hunter biden stuff they may do it <clears throat> but um Again, with the level of crises of, that's the democratic consultants would love that love to see them do that, so maybe they'll try to plant seeds for it but right now I don't think they're as competent you know I got to say I was a little I was a little um, um, uh, surprised at um, how sharp trump's legal counsel was on the on the hearings this week and um, compared to the people in the Biden administration almost you know the guy well, the, the favorable witness, right? The guy who came in and was arguing with the crazy woman inside the Oval Office when Giuliani was there. And did you watch that stuff? Yeah. And and uh I was surprised at, you know, obviously the guy's a very sharp, professional, capable lawyer, right? And you think of the Trump administration, you think of all the psychopaths that were in there, or people like Mnuchin who are just so self-serving. And um, you'd think that if a character like that is has some influence in the Republican Party, they'd be wise enough to have him back off from trying to impeach. Uh, I mean, uh, uh, you know, impeach Biden this time, but they probably aren't. Maybe they are too psychopathic, the people who are in there now.
0: Yeah. Alan Minsky, executive director, Progressive Democrats of America. It's good to see you. We should do these one on one. I think you and I should go one on one.
4: And I, I'll try not to be so depressed as I am as of the news I got about 75 minutes ago. Um, and, um, i have not been i've been out of the loop um how are things with your family david i think i'm hanging in there you know
0: thank you for asking uh i'm hanging in you know uh it's going to be an interesting i think the summer is going to just be kind of like this and hopefully i won't get arrested and uh we're fingers crossed on that and i will uh you know
4: uh, knock on wood that everything is good on my end and i had been meaning to say today on the show that i'd give you a call in the next week because i might have an idea for some fun adventure in new york city coming up but good but um right now i'll let, let me it might be longer than a week depending on obviously be on the phone a lot to washington state in the next few days so thank yeah. you everybody
0: thank, thank you thank you and say hello to your daughter for me she's a a pistol as i remember yeah Thank you, Alan Minsky, Executive Director of Progressive Democrats of America. You're listening to the David Feldman Show, DavidFeldmanshow.com. We're wrapping it up right now. Uh Dave and PA, that's beautiful. I love what you're doing. Friday night off Friday night office hours. Uh let's go to Rodrigo in Mexico. Alright, uh, how's your ulcer? Rodrigo, how's your ulcer?
5: Um a little better I think, I hope. So I was talking to someone yesterday who told me she thought no one was cognitively superior and in a practical way of course there's ideas we could spend hours explaining to people without ever being sure they actually understood them in a more pragmatic way however which is a different way of saying practical we still need to find a way to reach people maybe most of us are ready to give up on conservatives willing to go on TV to talk about how they're willing to shoot their own grandchildren to protect their right to protect their grandchildren with their beloved guns but most people aren't crazy or leftist they just live in a world where the current crisis is the fault of leftists who don't vote hard enough we need to reach them and help them see past the mainstream media professional misinformation cloud Uh, and we need to figure out what kind of arguments will reach them I forget if I mentioned this during the last show, but a porn star called into the Majority Report to talk about a Mutual Aid Fund for sex workers. He started with a few friends, so a shout out to all sex workers I wasn't going to bring it up, but this guy started talking about Michael Brooks and people were talking about Michael on the YouTube chat, so there you go Today is the third day of massive protests in Hungary because the Conservatives passed new laws that will force everyone to change the way they pay their taxes on September 1st and nurses in North Rhine Westphalia in Germany have been striking for 11 weeks now if you get your news from people who tell you about Ukraine and Johnny Depp but they have never mentioned any of these it may be time to look for better news sources ones that care about workers. And I have a show and tell for you. I posted an article and an image on the chat that I hope you'll share. A uh, political published an editorial by staff attempting to explain to people struggling that it might be good news that salary increases are slowing down because that will somehow bring down inflation now we heard about inflation earlier during David Feldman's rant to that we could add due sanctions Ukraine being unable to export food to most of Europe which we are just learning is a thing they depend on and of course people like the oil industry that raise prices whenever they think they can get away with it and take forever to bring prices down and it might take more than half an hour to explain that prices are going up because greedy people are taking advantage of the fact that Biden will never ask to see the financials of these companies unless their bonuses go viral. But I well, want to hang, hang, hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on. Because they had hang to change the title of the article almost immediately
0: it is earnings season the financial there is transparency there has to be i was looking at pepsico's uh, pepsi's financials and they are saying that they are offsetting their costs by raising prices and uh it looks like on some items what pepsi is doing they're making they're, they're making their packaging smaller but charging the same for for certain items pepsi makes lots of junk food nothing pepsi makes is good for you are they so
5: in the uh, golden parachutes and the millionaire bonuses for the ceo down or they want just the public to pay for that
0: they're saying that revenue is up because of inflation because they're passing it along to the consumers so it's going to be this is just the beginning it's going to be interesting to follow earnings season because you can read the financials and see how much of uh the prices are uh just because they're getting away they can get away with it if if you're it'll be interesting to see what what their profits are so go ahead
5: so I'm done actually I just wanted you to show both the article with the title that yeah, we have now and the there's one hopeful the-
0: sign. yeah there's one hopeful sign for the Fed on inflation really slower wage growth could help bring down prices and ultimately mean less sting for the average worker well you want to bring down inflation uh rent freezes. Thirty percent of inflation is what we pay in rent. Wanna bring down inflation, rent control, and more more housing. Thank you, Rodrigo. Uh, you I f-
5: posted the image of the the screenshot of the original title of the article because I wanted you to see that they changed it very quickly
0: oh I see the original pay raises are getting smaller that could be a good thing for workers uh, that's funny you're right that is funny hang on let me uh that is a great headline where did you see that mean means in Politico that's great pay raises are getting smaller that could be a good thing for workers that's Politico people that's a great headline thank you Rodrigo that's that's pretty much economics that is people are paid to say anything to justify screwing the workers it's hysterical i'm gonna leave that up our show is put together by professor jonathan bick sarah bush andy brown grace jackson the invisible ninja joe in norway and of course dan frankenberger and we can't do the show without them and thank you to all the moderators i appreciate that they keep the youtube chat going i uh we're going to start up our meeting next wednesday so i've been negligent so once again thank you to professor jonathan bick andy brown sarah bush hannah feldman grace jackson dan frankenberger joe in norway and the invisible ninja for helping keep the show going thank you to Dave and PA thank you very much thank you to Joe in Norway and I'll see everybody Friday night this Friday night starting at 8 p.m for office hours we'll meet much better people sign up for my newsletter it comes out every Friday I missed two weeks but it comes back tomorrow it includes an invitation to office hours and if you want an invitation to office hours all you have to do is go to my website hit office hours it'll take you right in thank you to judah friedlander go to judafriedlander.com to find out how you can watch him perform live his show is at three o'clock on friday
5: david there's crackling on the sound i don't know where it comes from for me Apparently.
3: Is everybody saying that or just you? Yeah, everyone's saying it. When did that start? Uh, when you talked to Rodrigo.
0: Well, let me mute Rodrigo. Maybe. Let's see what happens.
3: Okay. Is it better now? No. Is it still crackling? It only crackles when you speak, it only crackles when I speak. Because you're electrifying. Okay.
0: Is it still bad? Yes. Hmm. Very quickly, Lynn. Hello. Hello. Lynn. Can you hear me? Yes. I'm crackling, though.
6: I know. You can't. I, I don't crackle, so I'll just. Um, oh, man. Here comes the siren. I, speaking of labor, I am volunteering for a really great labor candidate Andy Levin in Michigan 11 and I had so much fun okay oh, can, can you hear the siren I'm I live yeah. here here live near the police station and here they come oh, sorry no, it's a fire truck. All right, I'll just try to talk. Everybody can join me on Wednesdays. You don't have to volunteer on Monday or third oh, sorry. I'm going to Okay. okay.
0: No, no, it's okay. I'm crackling. It's OK.
6: OK, I just I'm sorry about this. siren. so today I just want to share. I called a lot of people. I called about uh, 60, 70 people. And one, I got this call where this guy is going, who are you? What are you calling me for? I'm the greatest person. Don't you know who you're talking to? And it was Donald Trump. <laughs> I talked to Donald Trump today. Yeah. And he told me not to call that uh, number again or he would have me arrested. <laughs> and it was obviously it, you get these robocalls that people make. It was the funniest robocall I ever got. Oh, wait
0: a second. You, you didn't really talk to Donald Trump.
6: No, I'm just kidding. It sounded oh. like a comedian, a stand up comedian that, uh, uh, you know, uh, imitates him. Um, so I thought it was very clever. But it's a really good thing to do. It's a really fun thing to do. We've got to get Andy Levin to win against Haley Stevens, who's like the Hillary. OK, it's the Hillary Clinton candidate versus the Bernie candidate. Bernie endorses Andy. So please join me and have some fun with the phone banking. So and And it's August 2nd. That's the last, you know, that's the primary day. And we can do this. People power. Come on. OK, that's it. Thank you
0: all right and and see if we can get him on the show that would be great all right i want to uh, i'm still crackling so uh thank you judah free well i'm just gonna wrap it up if i'm crackling uh thank you to everybody i'm david feldman uh remember to stay strong and protect the weak. and i will see you all uh at office hours